I'm so happy to have you here for our Acts Bible study course. Today, we're going to be wrapping up section one, uh, which was Acts chapter one, verses one through five. And over the last week or so, we've been talking about different people and we've talked about the sufferings and convincing proofs. So I want to go ahead and just take a look at this um, and let's kind of bring everything together. So we introduced our author, the beloved Dr. Luke. Uh, we met Theophilus, the one who this letter was written to. And we talked about the Trinity and we talked about um, John the Baptist who came before Jesus and he was actually related to Jesus. And there's such an interesting story there. And I, I encourage you to go back and, and watch that video on John the Baptist. And we also discussed the convincing proofs and, or the sufferings and the convincing proofs um, of that suffering. So today I want to read the scripture in its entirety with you and we'll connect it all together and we'll talk about where we're going next. So if you haven't caught, um, if you haven't caught the individual videos on each of these topics, please go check those out. Um, I will link the playlist right here um, at the end of this video. It'll be right here in a box and you can just click on it and, and it'll take you right to those videos. Um, videos one through four all surround uh, chapter one verses one through five. And I encourage you to check them out because they're more in-depth looks into each of these topics. And um they're all around 10 minutes or less. So it's it's pretty quick, um, but there's a lot of information in each of those that is very important to know um, as we continue our Acts study. So let's get started. If you have the study guide, uh, we're on page seven and I've included three different translations. And as we'll see, they're all similar, okay? Um, I will continue to do this with each study guide. This can show us that... Um, the variations between the different translations and help us to understand why other translations do exist and also the validity of each of these translations. Now, I don't want you to be afraid of other translations of the Bible. For the most part, they are all the same. Um, I know there is uh, controversy around different translations and certain expressions of Christianity tend to use spe specific translations and that's fine. My Bible studies are about exploring all of Christianity and revealing truth. So um, if it's easier for someone to read a New Living Translations over the King James Version, I'm not going to shame them for that. I personally prefer the NIV or NRSV uh, just when I'm leisurely reading God's Word. But in creating these studies, I read out of many many translations as I can get the full depth of scripture and the desired meaning from the original Greek manuscripts. So I think it's important that we take a look at, at various translations and compare them. And where there is controversy or conspiracy, I'll point those things out to you and we can discuss them. Fortunately, today, uh, we don't have any of those controversies or conspiracies here in Acts 1 verses one through five. So let's go ahead and jump into it. I will read each of these translations and then um, that way it just gives you an idea of, of um, the differences, um, which really 
Well, we'll get into it, but let's go ahead and read the New Living Translations. Let me see if I can make this just a little bigger for you. Um, yep, so we're here in this highlighted one. This is the NLT, which is the New Living Translation. Okay, verse one. In my first book, the... Yeah, sorry. I already messed that up, see? All right, New Living Translations. In my first book, I told you, Theophilus, about everything Jesus began to do and teach until the day he was taken up to heaven after giving his chosen apostles further instructions through the Holy Spirit. During the 40 days after he suffered and died, he appeared to the apostles from time to time, and he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about the kingdom of God. Once when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> All right, so King James Version. Um, uh, let's see here. Um, oh. Why is it on? Okay, it's making sure it's on your screen. Um, oh, hang on one second. Let me fix something. All right, I think it should update. now. Okay. For some reason, I don't know if it showed up on your screen. It wasn't showing up on my screen, on your screen. Does that make sense? Okay. Um, all right. King James version. Um, the former treatise, have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day in which he was taken up after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen, to whom also he showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs, being seen of them forty days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, ye have heard me, for John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost, not many days hence. Okay, now I'm a millennial, and um, that it wasn't hard for me to read, but it's not in language that I typically read in, so it's hard to understand. And I know there's people out there who say, oh, pray to God and ask him to help you understand the King James version, because people believe that it is the, you know, true uh, version, if you will. I am doing a video, <clears throat> a series that will be on all the versions of the Bible and we're and kind of discuss these things. But if I handed my 16 year old nephew a version, a King James version, and asked him, you know, please read your Bible, he would read this. And he would get frustrated at the first sentence. 
you know, and so he would be discouraged from reading it. So I feel like it's okay for us to read initially to read these newer versions to understand the concept, right? And to understand it in a common language that we can understand, especially new Christians who aren't familiar with um, these older translations or just aren't familiar with the story of Jesus and the story of the apostles and who, who all these people are. So um, I appreciate that there are various versions of the Bible that kind of translate these things into fresh, newer language and new verbiage that, that all people can understand. Um, do I think that the King James Version has wisdom in it and has um, a different perspective of these verses? Yes, in some places the King James Version um, makes a lot of sense, but so do these other newer translations, and I think it's okay to read whatever translation um, you connect with. The, the version that you're going to actually read is the version that you should read. It's simple as that. So I, I tend to like an NRSV. To me, it, it flows very well. Um, and same with the NIV. I think that flows very well also. Those are probably two of the ones. Like if I'm just reading the Bible in my own time, um, I, those are the two that I read from because I I just think they're, they're easier to read for me. Um, but again, the King James Version is also great if that's what you like to read and you like this older language. Um, oh, Theophilus, you know, um, that's that's awesome. But um, to me, it's just, it's not, um, it doesn't flow. And so that's why I, I read out of it for my studies, but in my own free time when I'm just reading the Bible just to read it for uh, peace and um, in my own kind of alone time, I read out of the NRSV or the NIV. So let's read out of the NR, NRSV. This particular one came from a Catholic edition. Um, there's various versions of the NRSV. <clears throat> there's the Catholic edition, the Anglican um, translation, and there's some other ones. But uh, this this one's just happens to be out of a Catholic edition. Um in the first book, Theophilus, I wrote about all that Jesus did and taught from the beginning until the day when he was taken up to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. After his suffering, he presented himself alive to them by many convincing proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. While staying with them, he ordered them not to leave Jerusalem, but to wait there for the promise of the Father. This, he said, is what you have heard from me. For John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So to me, I feel like I read that a lot easier. Um, it probably sounded a lot better. <clears throat> um, when you say... You will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now versus you will ye, ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Um, in today's 2022 society, um, one of these is much easier to read for the for the populace. And when we as Christians are talking to non-Christians about the Bible and we are trying to um, 
bring them into our family and just explain these things. Um, it's a lot easier if we go with more of a NIV or NRSV um, because it's something they can read. Um, and it's something that, that isn't a challenge, you know, <clears throat> it's, it's like playing a sport without the ball. You're kind of like, well, what's the point if we, if we can't make any points, you know? Um, so I, I think it's, it's important that we, um, appreciate all the versions of the Bible and not be so hard on people who don't read the version that we read. So show grace um, don't shame people for the, the Bible that they choose to read, because at the end of the day, it's about reading the Bible. And I would rather someone read the Bible in a version that is easy for them to um, kind of digest than to read something that is just going to deter them from reading it at all. You know, so keep that in mind as we um, as we evangelize and as we uh, share the gospel. <clears throat> okay. So now, like I was saying, although these three transitions use different words, like we see the same meaning, the same intention, and, the, and they all have the same reference, right? So what we get out of this passage are these things. One, Luke is saying that in his first book, all right, he told us about Jesus. And in this other book, so that was Luke, the Gospel of Luke. And in this book, Acts, he's going to tell us what happened after that. AKA, this is the sequel. This is the next volume. And the second thing, we understand that Jesus was taken up into heaven at some point, um, the ascension. And before the ascension occurred, Jesus gave his chosen apostles instructions, commands, things that they were to do and accomplish, right? And we also learn that after his suffering on the cross, he appeared to them, showing his wounds, speaking to them, eating with them, and convincing them that he was truly alive. And he also ordered them to stay in Jerusalem, to wait for the promise of the Father. And we learn that that promise is the power of the Holy Spirit, which gives them the power, the authority, and the ability to continue Jesus's earthly ministry. So at this point, the apostles are handed the authority and direction to spread the gospel and the redeeming power of Jesus Christ. So next week, we will pick up in verse six, where the apostles start to ask some final questions just before Jesus ascends. And we will break down his responses and learn, you know, where the apostles go now? You know, are they to stay in Jerusalem or are they to go beyond Judea, beyond Samaria and take their power through the Holy Spirit with them to share the greatest story ever told and change lives with the healing, transformative power of Christ. So thank you for joining me. Um, I really appreciate it. If you have any questions at all, please leave a comment below and check out this playlist right here. It's going to be 